think feeling good is underrated. It's like you don't know how good you feel until you don't feel good. Amen. We're talking about kingdom. The kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God, if I could say it in a simple way, I would say it's the king's way. It's what the king wants. The kingdom of God. When, when we refer to it, and as I'm talking about it, and as we're going to be looking at it over the next little while, I, I want us to try to... I, I've grown up listening to sermons. I preach sermons on the, the kingdom of God, and, and we use the term the rule and the reign of God, which it is, but it's almost... I sit back and I go, well, what does that mean? Have, have you ever used a term and then you walk away and you go, well, I just defined something with what I don't even know what that means. So when we say the rule and the reign of God, what does that mean? It means it's the king's way. The king's desires. I shared how, how I was in Qatar last fall and talking with some of the locals that I'd either moved into that region or had grown up in that region, and I asked them a couple questions about how the, the government or how the, the city or the country navigated or operated and, and questions that they might have, and it was, it was not just one time. There was a few people, and as we were talking with them, they, the reply was, it's what the king wants. Qatar, the World Cup of Soccer, it was what the king wanted. So you know what? He spent billions of dollars, spent like 10 to 12 years. Why? Because he wanted it. It was what the king wanted. And, and I was taken back because the answer came off from their tongue just like that. When I asked them something, they didn't have to say, well, let me think. It was just as soon as I asked the question about, you know, how is this going to, you know, wh what do you think of all this? And the guy just said, it's what the king wanted. Can you imagine a Christian experience, lifestyle, that when people say, why do you do that? It's because what the king wants. Why do you forgive? It's because what the king wants. He says it. He wants it. Why do you give? It's because the king wants it. Why, why, do, why do you do It's because what the king says. I, I, I have been, that, that thought has captured me, and, and it's caused me to actually read some of the scriptures about the kingdom of God and just, this is the way the king wants it. And many of the aspects of kingdom living, many of the aspects of a life in the kingdom are actually seen in natural phenomena, such as sowing and reaping is a kingdom principle, but he says, I'm going to show you how it operates in real life as well. And so there's many aspects of life that we have that are natural displays of spiritual principles and kingdom principles. And so kingdom living, 
For instance, I heard one time a, a pastor preach, and he, he said, um, if you have a bowl and you put a goldfish in a small bowl, the, the fish will only grow to a certain size. But he says, if you expand that bowl, the fish will grow larger. Well, that's a kingdom principle. The, if you stay, now, he also talked about when a tree's planted and a tree is planted and roots go down, the tree will grow. But if you keep rerooting the tree and moving it, it's not gonna, it's gonna stunt its growth. And the kingdom principle was be planted and the kingdom principle was be fed and increase and have size. And, and it's these kingdom principles that actually affect daily living. And if, if I could, and if you could, get a larger understanding, because I don't think we have no understanding. I think we have understanding. I think we have an awareness of the kingdom of God. But the further you explore it, the further you walk into it, you find out it expands and it gets bigger. The disciples had such an awareness of the kingdom of God that people around them, when they saw Peter walking down the street, would put people who were sick in their cots and they'd lay them down where his shadow would fall so because they had found the kingdom of God was so strong and so evident that his shadow would heal them. That's an awareness of... that. I, I listen to that and I read that and I think, what was the first, like, how did they figure that out? Like, how did they figure out, hey, miracles happen when my shadow, like, like, was Peter walking by and all of a sudden somebody got home and says, hey, my knee's better. And the next day, you know, nothing much different and Peter walks by and somebody else goes, hey, my shoulder feels better. I'm not on workers' comp anymore. And then a couple days later, and Peter walks by, and another person goes, man, I, I had that headache. And, and all of a sudden, they, they, they're at Tim Hortons, because we know Tim Hortons is from God, and we know it was more than just, just a Canadian tradition. And they're at Tim Hortons having coffee, or maybe they're sharing some fish and some chips, and, and, and they're talking. And one guy goes, well, that happened last week. And another guy goes, well, this happened and they start talking, and they go, you know, Peter, I, I noticed you mentioned Peter walked by, and, and there was just an, an atmosphere. Like, like, there's an actual change in the environment. And they go, you know, I noticed something different, but I just didn't know what it was. Maybe it was a smell. Maybe it was a feeling. Maybe it was a, I, 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 I can't just, but, but I knew something was different. Yeah, me too. And the three, four, five, six people, all of a sudden they start to go, I think it was Peter. But he didn't touch me. No, he didn't touch me either. I think, I think he was actually walking down the street, but, but, but I, I, I remember looking up and, and his head all of a sudden, was in the shade, and I got a shadow. Another guy goes, oh, yeah, I was, I was just sitting on the side of the street, and he walked by. Uh, yeah, and his shadow. Like, can you imagine how they figured that out? 
Did they advertise and say, hey, Peter's walking down the street at 6 o'clock. Everybody line up on the left-hand side of the street, the, the, the side where the shade's going to be and the shadow or the shadow's going to fall, and let's see what happens. I don't know. But the kingdom of God can do things that you and I cannot orchestrate. And it's not a formula. It's not a formula. It's not like here's the three things. To, and, and another time, Paul had garments that they were anointed. And whether it was his sweat or whether it was an oil, whatever it was, that the, but those garments, those, those fabric the, that went out and people got healed by what we refer to as the anointing cloth. Something happened. Can you imagine that? Like Amazon delivering something to somebody's doorstep and somebody opens it up and it was a shirt that, that Paul just happened to be you know, working with somebody and Paul just happened to touch it and put it into the package. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden they realized, hey, the kingdom of God was happening. People couldn't necessarily describe it, but what they did, could describe was that something happened. And my prayer is that people would be around me and I just being me, just, just being David, walking around, having coffee with somebody, working alongside somebody, and all of a sudden they go home and something has changed in their home. Maybe somebody is, is, is healed. Maybe there's, and, and they don't understand it. And it's not that I've even orchestrated it, but I carry the kingdom of God with me so powerfully and so strong that things happen without me even trying to plan it. And I wouldn't be interested in having a healing service. I would be interested in having a healing life. A life that just goes about and does what the Holy Spirit tells us and the kingdom of God being so on me or on you that things happen, that businesses succeed, projects happen, contacts are made that are supernatural and you go, well, how did that happen? I don't know, but it's the kingdom of God and the influence of God and the way the king wants it to happen. I can't get past that it's the king's way. Maybe because I've lived so long and grown up with some things that we rationalize and that we theorize, we define, and we accept but it has nothing to do with God's kingdom, but it's because we've rationalized and we've, this is my opinion. I, I want to see the kingdom of God move in such a powerful way that things happen that nobody else can explain. Any, anybody with me on that? I was reading a, a short explanation of Catherine Coleman. When she passed away, the hospital that she was in lost power. You say, well, that's coincidence. No, that's God. 
There was a fragrance that entered into her room of roses, and one of the nurses got in trouble from another nurse because there were not supposed to be any fragrances in the hospital because of, of uh, sanitation and other uh, medical reasons. And the nurse, like, I didn't put the roses in there, and that odor and that uh, presence and that smell permeated the whole hospital. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. I, I want to shake somebody's hand and they walk away and they're changed without them even knowing it. Why? Because I carry the kingdom. It's not me. It's the kingdom. And as I was studying, I found out, as I'm looking at it, the supernatural is intricately, intricately, I think I said that right. This kingdom, the supernatural is phenomenally connected, intricately connected with the kingdom of God. The supernatural the things that go beyond natural. But what I also realized as I'm looking at it is not only the supernatural connected with the kingdom, but the effect is a very natural effect. For instance, I'll give you three instances to show you how the kingdom of God and its impact and the supernatural affecting the natural. The first one is in Genesis 1 verse 2 when it says the spirit was hovering over the earth. And if you look at that word hovering or brooding, it actually refers to in one aspect, an aspect of birthing. And then and God said, let us create. And, they, and God said, let there be. And it's the activity of the Holy Spirit. And the supernatural created what we see and experience, a very natural, physical world. So we see the Spirit moving in an intricate, powerful way. Then if you turn in Matthew, I'd like to read this to you because I, I was looking at the kingdom of God and, and watching the kingdom of God and, and the birth of Jesus I, I got on a rabbit trail. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ, I'll get to the rabbit trail in a minute, but first, the word of God, said with a very serious voice. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joshua, uh, Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be child with child by the Holy Spirit. We've got 8 billion people on the earth right now. They say there was maybe 300 million on the earth at that time. And there's only been one birth of a divine being by the Holy Spirit in all the billions of people. And that was Jesus Christ. And the supernatural produces a child who was God with us. And he bled 
He was human, 100% human, 100% God. How can that be? That's the supernatural. And the influence of the kingdom of God. And it says, as Jesus began his ministry, he taught about the gospel or the good news of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, the way of the king is good news. The way of the king is good news. The king comes along and he says, I want to show you a better way of living. And Jesus being birthed, the kingdom of God coming to be described and Jesus coming to show them the way of the kingdom and that's a supernatural moment and it's a supernatural but it produces something that's natural. I think sometimes we're afraid of the supernatural because we think it's going to produce something that's spooky. But there's an aspect of the supernatural that just makes the natural better. It's not spooky, it's better. What is the most practical thing for somebody who is sick to happen, for them to get better? That's the most practical thing. And what does the Holy Spirit do? Through the power of the supernatural, produces something that was not and it becomes something that is and a healing happens. And that's a natural thing. Whether it's a deformed arm stretching out, whether it's, it's an, a limb that is added, whether it's an internal organ that, that God creates, a creative miracle, whatever that supernatural thing is, it produces something that quite often is extremely natural. When God gets involved Yes, there's things that happen that maybe we can't explain, but they're actually quite natural phenomena. If you continue, and I'll get back to Jesus, but I want to show you another instance of the supernatural and the natural, and that is in the birthing of the church that we refer to in Acts. And in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes rushing in. I'd like to read that because I think there's some descriptive words in there that, that are just, sometimes I think God has fun with blowing our thoughts and our minds with how he can do things. When the day of Pentecost, this is Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. So there's a gathering together. Last week we, we saw that the church is the assembly together of the called out ones, but it's a gathering together. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. Now that defies a natural explanation but the result is they spoke in another language and what's amazing is they spoke in languages that people could understand 
And here's these uneducated in some instances. Here is these, these brash young men and young women because the disciples of that day were either in their late teens or early 20s. They weren't 35, 40 years old. They were very young, brash young men and young women who had agendas, who had ideas, and Jesus accepted them and loved them, and the Holy Spirit falls on them, and it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. And there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation. Now listen to this, every nation under the earth. And when this sound occurred, they gathered together, crowd gathered together, and they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit speaking in other languages was so that other people could hear them glorifying God. Something supernatural causing something natural. The, the occurrence of the sharing of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, in a language they could understand. So the supernatural can actually cause and does cause natural things that, that, that we can identify. But how it gets there is the supernatural. I'm, I'm, I'm asking God for more of the supernatural in my life. Because I have found when the supernatural produces, it produces really good. It produces the best. Have you ever made something and you've had to fix it? Just ask Pastor Nelson how many times I've done something and then I call him, hey, I need something checked out. Can you take a look at this? Because we've done something or I've done something and now it needs a tweaking. But when the Holy Spirit comes, the supernatural touches your life. He can do something so beautiful it doesn't need constant upgrading. He can do something in one time, in one moment, that will surpass a medical doctor. It will surpass a financial advisor. It will go past a business guru. It will go past these ideas, these thoughts. These Why? Because the supernatural can produce things that we cannot produce. And Mary, when she gets the report from Gabriel the angel saying, you're going to have a child... And she asks, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And at the end of that conversation, the angel says, for with God, nothing is impossible. Who here could use a supernatural effect in their world? I could. So how do you do it? The million dollar question. I'm not going to give you a silver bullet, but I'm going to give you a person. His name's Jesus. And Jesus, the disciples came to Jesus. He died, he rose again, and he spent 40 days with the disciples. It says in Acts chapter 1, 
and he taught them about the kingdom. And just, God is so good. I've, I have found I identify with the disciples quite a bit. They've spent three years with Jesus. They've seen miracle after miracle. They've seen dead people come to life. They've seen food multiplied. They've seen storms stop. They've seen people pulled out of, uh, off the ground. They've seen hands withered They've seen, uh, that have withered extend. They've seen people with leprosy whole. They've seen miracle after miracle. They have seen so many miracles, the Bible doesn't even contain them all. They've seen all these things. He dies, he comes back, he spends 40 days with them, and the question they ask him is are you going to now restore the kingdom and take over and kind of bring back Israel? It's like, have I not just spent 40 days talking about the kingdom of God? And I think sometimes we read the Bible and, and we kind of read past it and we go, well, I know he's talking about the Holy Spirit. I know. But how many times do we miss it now? And he says, that's not for the time or the epochs or for the ages. That's for the, whole, that's for the Father. He says, but you go and you wait and the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. And you're going to be my witnesses. The supernatural. The kingdom and the supernatural. In Romans 14... Paul is writing about relationships and, and he's actually talking about fellowship with believers and, and how some people can eat meat and other people can't and some people would eat it that was offered to idols and other people say don't touch it. And Paul's talking about all this and he, and he says, you know what, allow that person to be with God and let God, them and God be it and, and if it's okay with you, you be with God, and if it's okay with them, they be with God. And he says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not in all of these things that you do, but it's in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost or in the Holy Spirit. So today on the day of Pentecost, as we go, Holy Spirit, come. Uh, today as we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, I'm here to tell you that the power of God, the supernatural work of God, the work that none of us can accomplish or do is found in the kingdom and it is in the kingdom of God is in the Spirit. And there's an aspect of living in the Spirit that we see God and what he can do. the power of the supernatural, the way of the king. The king's way is for the Holy Spirit to be so active in our life that there is an outpouring of supernatural things, supernatural results, supernatural happening, supernatural uh, experiences happening 
that we can't orchestrate, that we can't coordinate, that we can't manage, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Why? Because we are walking in the way of the king. We are doing what the king says, and in the kingdom life and in the kingdom living experience, it is the way of the king. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is already happening in heaven. The way of the kingdom is a better way to live. It's a better way to live. And Jesus came and he said, you have heard this, but I say, and what he was doing in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 was he was expounding on and showing them that this is what they've learned but this is the way the kingdom is. And that's why when he says repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, what he's saying is turn, change the way you think, turn, and don't keep doing that. But here's the way. Instead of saying a physical and you're beating someone up, if you think it, that's this. If you do this, that's it. And he says, and you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world, the city set on a hill. And what he's doing is he's describing the way of the king. And this morning, if I can leave one thing or maybe two with you, is this week, think about the way of the king. What does the king want? If, if I could just make it real simple. When you walk out today, what does the king want? Because what the king wants is what I want. In fact, what the king wants is what he's going to get because I don't live for myself. I live for the king. When I gave my life to Christ, I turned over my life and I said, it's now your life and I will live for what you say, what you do, what you want. And so when I live in the kingdom, I live according to what the king wants so this week two things think about what does the king want what does the king want and the second thing is expect the supernatural when you line up with what the king wants What does the king want? And expect the supernatural. Amen? Anybody game to try that this week? What I'd like to do is I'd like to pray over you. But as we do, what I'd like to do is I'd like to ask if you could come forward and just stand here this morning. I want to pray a blessing over you. But what I'd like to do is I'd like to, to, instead of us being spread apart, can we get a little closer? Are you okay with that? And just come up here. The quicker you get up here, the quicker this gets done. And it's like, hey, oh, everybody runs and elbows and pushes people away. Let me get to the front. I want to ask you to 
to be bold and to be courageous. To, to expect something this week. To, to be vulnerable to say, okay, God, I need you. So as I pray a blessing over you, I'm going to ask you just to open your hands, open your arms, and, and, and have a position and a posture as if God was pouring into you and you're receiving it. So Lord, I pray your blessing over them. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and give you grace. The Lord lift his countenance on you and give you peace. May you experience the king's way and his supernatural this week. And may God bless you. Amen. Have a great week.